Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Aspen Chapel. And I'd like to welcome to all of you who are live streaming. It's very good to, to have you with us. Now, as you can see, we've got a bit of a different setup today, and uh, it's because it's Advent Sunday. And we like at the chapel to do rituals. Now, a ritual, the root of the word ritual, is the same root as the word reason. And it is the idea of a ritual is to go into the reasons behind something. And today is Advent Sunday, and we're going to look at the, the reasons behind Advent Sunday. And by having a ritual, we walk through the experience of what we're talking about. So we understand through words, through actions, and through what we see as a community. And as a ritual, it's great because as a community, we can come together and we can experience it together. And therefore, together we can work out the meaning of what we're, we're talking about. And as, as I said, today is Advent Sunday. And Advent, do come in, there's plenty of seats here. Advent means a coming, Advent, coming to, a coming. It means an approach, it's an arrival. And funny enough, Advent, this is the, the beginning of the Christian year, Advent Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the year. And we look forward, it, it, it's leading up to the darkest day of the year, which is, anybody like to say which is the darkest day of the year? Yeah, December the 22nd. And it's also the shortest day of the year. And from that day onward, from that date onward, the light begins to appear. Uh, from that day onward. And it's also the church season looking forward to the coming of the Christ at Christmas, as well as the idea of the second coming. The whole idea of the second coming is within Advent as well. The moment where all that is conscious becomes aware of the true nature of itself. The second coming, the moment that all that is conscious becomes aware of the true nature of itself. It is the awakening moment in the Lord's Prayer, that moment, thy kingdom come. That's what we're looking forward to. But in winter, we start with emptiness. You know, you see the emptiness at the moment. And we prepare. What we're doing here is we're preparing for that moment at some point in the winter months in the darkness when all is cold and we are at our lowest. That's what we're really preparing for now. Now, I know this is a ski town, and in a sense, ours is a little bit different. But the truth is that all of us do have to face the darkness. And you can see that by many of the mental health issues that occur in our valley, the suicide rates that occur in our valley. And there is a darkness that we all do have to face. And I think few of us allow ourselves to admit that level of darkness. However, in going into winter, we begin to make that journey towards it. And really, Advent is a reflection on that darkness. It acknowledges it and tries to find the hope that also exists. And you know, it's easy to move into a season like this without really examining the darkness. And we want to begin today just to look at it, to begin to admit to those areas where we're not happy, 
where we've lost comfort, where to some extent we're also despairing. But if we are, I think, if we can recognize the areas, Advent is a time to name them so that we can set a context for hope appearing. That's what we do. We name them. I'm not going to ask everyone to get up and name their despairs. You'll be relieved to hear. But if we just acknowledge it in ourselves, if we name it in ourselves, it's a time where we can set a context for hope appearing. Not to name them is to keep them hidden and to some extent put a spell on them that keeps them there, unacknowledged. But to name them is to open yourself up to the possibility of hope. We don't do that because of fear, the fear of what naming them will produce. But to name something is to bring it out of the shadows. At the moment, you know, with that despair, it's tempting just to go with the darkness, to let our minds run away with the fact that it will always be dark forever. But we know that not to be true. We're seeing it here in Advent in our mind's eye. And we're having a vision in Advent of new life coming as it surely will. At the coldest moments when the trees are bare, we imagine the buds arriving. The fact that this too shall pass. We imagine here the light of Christmas coming. Not yet here but a vision afar off. And we remind ourselves that the seasons do change. And although we are in darkness now, soon the light will come. And the... Thank you, Bruce. I think it's interesting that that is the traditional reading uh, for the first Sunday in Advent. You know, you'd expect sort of the anticipation of a sweet child in a manger, a beautiful young mother, angelic choirs, and a star-filled winter's night. But silent night is absent from the scene here. And instead, Advent slaps us with uncertainty and the violence of human history. Signs of dread, floods, earthquake and distress amongst the nations that cause people to faint with fear. You know, those awaiting the lovely story of Jesus' birth will be disappointed. This is less Luke and more the apocalypse. And it really is our darkest hour. And reading the news, it does chime with a lot of what we hear. Now, I'm sure none of you will be dulling your hearts with carousing and drunkenness during Advent, But we do all have those worries in our life. And so often in this sort of context, we even worry about having worries. We should be able to spiritually get rid of our worries. Why why should we actually be worrying? But, you know, in reality, they never go away. We just have to see that darkness is somehow the flip side of light. At the moment, We're not asking ourselves to do anything about those worries. We're simply asking ourselves to acknowledge our fearfulness and resolve to look for the light, to come together as we are here as a community and to see that each of us is in a different place in relationship to the light. Some of us are further from it than others. Some have traveled to get to the light. 
And we all represent our community and its relationship to that light. And so we confront our fears as a community and give comfort to each other as a community, reminding ourselves that the light will come no matter how darkness, how dark it gets. And that's really the purpose of Advent, as I said, to remind ourselves to, be, to look for the light and not to get too sucked into the darkness. Because actually, there is no such thing as complete darkness. There is just light that we cannot see. Our range of sight cannot see the light that's there. But, you know, you can, a cat can see light that, that we can't. And in the same way, the darkness we feel does contain hope that we cannot see. And it's all there in one of the most famous Christmas readings in John Gospel, John's Gospel. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It is there, that light, whether or not we can see it. So in Advent, we remind ourselves that this light, this hope is real and that it will appear to feed us. We therefore comfort ourselves in Advent that it will not always be bleak and empty. But all of us have within us the power to conjure up joy out of sorrow, to make a plate of food from what is left in the larder. And we build in ourselves now the capacity for hope. And so we begin to acknowledge the possibilities of the future, the light coming into our darkness, and that the light will bring something immeasurably more beautiful than we could imagine. From Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness for that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so there is hope in the darkness. And we are a part of that increase of peace that has no end. I've talked in the past about becoming part of the universal currency of love, the universe's currency of love. Love being giving with no expectation of return. The universe was created with no expectation of return. We were given our lives with no expectation of return. And the currency of the universe is love. And therefore, to cooperate with the universe, to be a part of the unfolding, we have to give up ourselves in that love. And we have to do that with no expectation of return but just to offer ourselves in love for the universe to do with us what it wants. And that enables us 
to help the growth of peace and joy in a time of darkness. And when we have our hope within us, the possibility of that light, then we can pass that hope onto others. And that's our real role, to create more of that hunger for that light in others and the possibility that it can be achieved. And this reminds us that we have a role in the creation of hope for others. We might be looking out for something or someone to help us, but in reality, we provide that hope for each other. Small acts of kindness, a look, a comforting hand offered at the right time, given to those around us, and the willingness to properly engage when we ask the question, how are you? And listening for a truthful answer is one of the ways that can release the pressure that others are under and bring some light into that darkness. And when we do that, when we... So this spiral represents our journey from darkness into the light. Um, and um, CP is now going to come and light uh, one of the candles here. And as we are aware of our concerns, we make our journey towards that light through uh, the spiral, bringing our concerns with us, and we move into that place where the light actually is. CP's doing a bit of gardening on her way. <laughs> it has to be right. <laughs> so we're going to light the candle now. And, um, and what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to invite the children to come up uh, probably about five or six, and we're going to invite them to walk on our behalf uh, the, uh, the spiral. And Susan's going to show us, so we'll wait for CP to come out unless she wants to do a bit of gardening on the way. Uh, are you, everything all right, is it? <laughs> Shaky, it's all okay. Um, good, eh? Um, so... Susan takes the apple, which you're, the children will be able to do. And if, you're, if the children are under five, probably do it with a parent. And then, so more gardening to be done, I, I can see here, yes. <laughs> so she then walks all the way through, and she's carrying her concerns. Now, adults, you can do this tonight. This is going to be up, or even more spectacular tonight. And you can come and do this in full. I'll explain a bit later. Uh, but anyway, she walks towards... Uh, the darkness uh, towards the light and then she lights her candle like that all right and when it's lit uh, she walks back and you can see these stars and she puts her candle on one of these stars that are there that CP so carefully placed there we are she's going to put it on one of them um it's the choosing that matters, really, isn't it? Suspense is killing me. So there we are. She's just, that's pretty good. Okay, great. Fantastic. And, uh, and then she walks out, and, and that represents her light that she's done as a community. So I'm going to invite the children to, to come up here and just to go to where 
Patty is over there with, with that's right, if you'd like to come up now. And you can each uh, grab a candle and you do it one at a time. So you have to wait till the first person finishes. And so we go from that emptiness that was there to the preparation, to the beautification and the growing. And then the light put there by others that we can put there for others. That symbol of hope that exists. Just get a sense of what that means for you, where those symbols of hope are for you, aspects of beauty, the light shining in the darkness, Susan's going to play a bit in a moment. We're just going to bring the plate round just while we've got this silence. Um, shouldn't be too distracted not to get to your wallets, but... Um so as well as looking at the lights in our darkness, we can also think as to how over this period of time we can be there for other people we could be the light in other people's darkness, people that maybe we know are suffering, we can be with, we can listen to, we can provide something for them. And part of the reason for creating this spiral is to create as a community a memory for us as we go into the winter, a memory of this spiral of moving towards the light and the lights being there. And if you'd like to walk this winter garden, it's going to be um, created again tonight uh, between five o'clock and seven o'clock. All the lights will be out. It's a magical scene. Um, we just have, it's all lit by candlelight and you can come anytime between five and seven o'clock and you just arrive here there's some chairs that will be around the outside. I think there was, it's sort of slightly bolstered up and slightly bigger, the, the winter garden itself. Uh, and the chairs are right the way around the outside of the chapel. And you just take your, at your, in your moment of time, you sit there and then you bring your own apple and you go around and you light your candle and you place it. And by seven o'clock, there are just, you know, candles all over the place. It's the most beautiful sight. So I do recommend if you have the time to come along um, tonight uh, just to do that. We're going to finish by singing that wonderful Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let's stand. Mm -hmm.